Oh 
Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out. Shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out. Shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out. Shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out. Shout out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and let all that's within me shout out. Shout out. Have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way, Lord, have your way, have your way. You're welcome, you're welcome in this place, you're welcome in this place, you're welcome in this place. Welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place. We have come to give you glory. Oh, we give you glory, Lord. We have come to give you praise oh we praise your name we have come to give you glory it's yours Lord. it's yours we have come to give you praise oh yes Lord praise your name we praise your name we praise your name in this place we praise your name we praise you father we praise you father we praise you we give you glory lift up your voices and give him praise and glory give him thanks this morning praise and glory in this place shout out his name in thankfulness this morning Shout out his name in praise and thankfulness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have brought us this far. You have blessed us beyond imagining. You have brought things into our lives that have blessed us and made us grow and brought us into a place with you. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful here this morning for your presence with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are building us up into a holy place where you can reside. Heavenly Father, we shout out your name to your throne with all the angels and the elders. 
we give you honor and glory this day. We give you honor and glory this day. We give you honor and glory this day. Honor and glory, Lord. Honor and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your presence.
out your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord, one more time, and all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing,
shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these boats will sing. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. sing great are you lord over vagerville over this community Every personality, we declare, we declare 
Lord, you are great are in you our presence today, Lord. Hallelujah. Over all, Lord, oh, over yes, all, Lord. We just great. declare your presence to are rise within our pastor today. Lord. Let your anointing oh, rise up within him Lord, today. You Thank are you, great. Father, that you bless are and you bless. You, you are so great. You are so great. Does anybody have a circumstance in their life they need to declare God's sovereignty over? Any health issues, financial issues, the political state, family issues? God is great. He is great all the time. I just declare you as Lord over a granddaughter who's been diagnosed with ADHD. I just declare you Lord over her life, over her learning, over her time that she's in school, time that she's relating to other people, over every part of her life, Lord. I just declare you Lord. I declare you Lord and I declare you victorious in her life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, we, we take all these circumstances that people are thinking of right now. We lay them down before your throne. Yes, God, yes, God. There's room. We, we declare, have your way, Lord. Oh, yes, God. Have, have your, your way. way, have your way, have your way. Have your way, have your way. Have your way, 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 have your way. we invite you to, to intercede into these circumstances that we, we see as above us. Lord, shift our minds, shift our thinking, shift our beliefs to know that we are above them because we're in you. And that we don't face these things at that level. We come from above. We're seated in heavenly places with you, God. We're seated in that throne room in Jesus at the right hand of God the Father. We are in that throne room with you, Lord, because your word declares that. So we declare your greatness and we carry your greatness, Lord, into each of these circumstances. God, yes, God, yes, God. 
Give us revelation yes, of who we are in yes, you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Who we yes, are in you, Jesus. In you, who we Jesus. are with you, Holy Spirit, in, you, in these Jesus, situations. We declare, oh, we declare, Lord, you sent us. Jesus yes, you did stuff too. But God, you always seem to do stuff with us. So send us, Lord. Send us into these situations. Send us into these situations, Lord. Have your way. it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven on earth as it is in heaven hallelujah hallelujah there is no dysfunction there no there is no crying no pain no hurt no emptiness there hallelujah on earth as it is in heaven we declare over our homes, over our workplaces, over our families, over our friends. Always a 
a thing to try and hear Holy Spirit and go where he wants to go. Um, can I get you guys to, to get into groups of three, four people and uh, pray f for each other? Um, if you want to say the circumstance that you need to declare God's, God's, God's rulership over, um, if you can tell each other that. But just get into groups of two, three, four, and just pray for each other quickly um, over these, whatever these circumstances are that need that need to have God's sovereignty declared over them, God's greatness declared over them. Come on, church, move.
remember you pray from a place of authority. Remember that. You pray from a place of authority.
we've overcome. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Though the storms of hell pursue in darkest night, we worship you because you divide the raging seas from death to life. You faithfully oh, praise the Lord, the mighty warrior. Praise the Lord.
by his name we've overcome oh we overcome lord oh praise the lord our mighty warrior praise the lord the glorious one by his hand we stand in victory by his name we've overcome we've overcome oh yes lord yeah. yes lord yes lord give him a clap offering a great clap offering lift it up lift it up to him Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Yes, God. Yes, God. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord. You're so worthy of praise, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So worthy of praise. So worthy. So worthy of praise. So worthy. So worthy of praise. Lord, we thank you today oh, that yes, God. Yes, we God. are on the winning side. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are. We That's are. Right. We're on the winning side. By his name we overcome. By his name we overcome. There's power in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. And we're so thankful this yes, morning, God. Lord, for yes, that God. reminder. Yes, God. Because we're in the midst of the battle. It seems that there's times when we may feel... The enemy is overtaking us, but Lord, we recognize that it is by the power of Jesus, the power of his name, the power of the Spirit, that we have that victory. That we have been overcome. Jesus said, in this, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be happy. Put a smile on your face because he has overcome. I've overcome. Hallelujah. He's overcome. We are overcomers today because of him, because of the victory. And we stand in that victory today, Lord, over every trial, over every, over every assault of the adversary. We come today, Lord, declaring that, Lord, that the chains that keep us in bondage, God, there's not going to be any more bondage. There's no, there's, the, the chains are broken. The chains are broken. The fiery darts of the enemy have no power. The deception of the evil one. Oh, we bring truth against that. We stand in that today. Hallelujah. We're thankful today, God, that you are the mighty warrior. You are the one. You are the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You are our king and the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and that we will reign with you forever. You, Lord, you reign forever and ever, but we are, we are co-heirs. Hallelujah. We are co-heirs to the kingdom of God that will be forever and ever. We have read the very last pages we know. We know the end. Hallelujah. We know how it turns out. 
Hallelujah. We are destined to reign with him forever and ever and ever and ever to the which will be no end. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing this morning? Isn't that amazing? Praise his name. So be of good cheer this morning. I don't know about you this morning. I've been encouraged already. I really have. I really, if you've been encouraged, just give the Lord a clap off and a praise. He's holy. He's good. Thank you for your presence. He's good. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. Thank you for your presence. He is our salvation. He is our hero. Amen. He's our valiant hero. He's our mighty God. He's our valiant hero. He's our Father who wants to embrace us. And when we fail, He is there to forgive us every time. And Lord, we just worship You today. We just worship You, Lord, for Your heart for us. Thank You, Lord. And may our praises and may our prayers and may our worship today, as Ryan mentioned this morning, that it just joins in with the angels that are encamped around the throne of God, crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That our prayers and our praise will be like incense. It will be a sweet smell, a savoring smell in the nostrils of our God today. But as it ascends to heaven, we thank you, Lord, that our prayers are saved up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are in the bowls. And you won't forget them. They're eternal. Our God doesn't forget the cries of our hearts. He doesn't forget the prayers that ascend to the throne room. Hallelujah. Are you glad today that he doesn't forget? So that when you pray, when you pray, and you war, and you go to battle on your knees and in your prayer closet for the things that we've been praying over this morning, that our God, our God stores them up so that even in our even if we pass away, even if the time comes and we are we go with to, to be with Him, that those prayers are effective even beyond our own time. I believe this morning that my prayer, the prayers of my grandparents are still effective. And I'm believing today, I'm believing today that there's going to be miracles happen because of those prayers. And maybe you've got grandparents and you, maybe you've got aunts and uncles that have gone on, great warriors. But I want you to know that their prayers are still at work. And the prayers of a righteous, of the righteous person avails much, doesn't it? It's powerful and effective. And so, Lord, we bless you today, knowing that, God, that you are still at work. Even though we might not see it, you're you're behind the curtain still doing amazing things, and you're still a miracle-working God. And so, Lord, we declare, as we've already prayed in our groups, over every circumstance and every situation, we declare that your hand is going to bring forth that which is going to change people's lives. It's going to set people free. It's going to free them from bondages and addictions. It's going to, it's going to bring salvation. It's going to rescue them. We're going to see things happen because of your hand at work. And we thank you, Lord. And we give you praise.
We give you praise today. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. Well, man, we could, we could go on all day. I don't know. This is good. Thanks, worship team, this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Three minutes left. Look at that. Three minutes to noon. Three minutes to noon. And it was only three songs, he said. That's okay. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to uh, look at our... Um, who, who received the bulletin this morning? Welcome to Maple Street, by the way, this morning. Welcome to Maple Street Worship Center. Sunday, November the 4th, 2018. I'm not sure how many Fridays that it is before Christmas, but I'm sure the countdown is, out, is on. And glad you could be here this morning on a very uh, rainy and... and um, I know when I went out this morning uh, to take a couple of bags of garbage to the dump there, dumpster, that I almost slipped. And I was like, wow, you know, I wonder what the roads are going to be like. But we're glad that you could be here this morning. And, and I'm glad that uh, we could worship together. Looking at, uh, just looking at our bulletin this morning, just a, just a few things. Uh, even though I'm, I'm going to be off on a, on a week, taking a, a week of, of vacation uh, this coming week. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, we are still going to be meeting here on, on Tuesday night. I believe, um, as I was speaking with uh, Cheryl, Cheryl is going to get a crash course on just running the video. So uh, Beta Satan is going to continue on uh, Tuesday night. Also, uh, for those who may, I don't necessarily want, I, I don't want to encourage you to do this if it's, if it's at all any risk because I don't think the weather is going to be that much more favorable this evening. Uh, but there is an evening with David Wells, our general superintendent, in uh, at Lloydminster Gospel Fellowship, probably about an hour and a half's drive or so away. But uh, I think we're going to play it safe. I don't know. I think uh, w- if I was 20 years old and it was hockey, I probably would be on the road tonight. But I'm, I've got a little bit wiser, and I have a little more responsibilities uh, in the front row there to, to look after. So I would rather be more safe than sorry. Uh, at this point in life, and um, so uh, if if nobody goes to that, that's totally understood. I pr- I apologize for a lack of a poppy this morning on my jacket. I bought two of them, and have lost both, and um, so that that's been my story. I'm going to stick to it, but uh, but we know that Remembrance Day is is on the on the schedule, and uh, and uh, so thankful for those who gave their lives so we can be he- here this morning and have the freedom to worship. Um, also, coming up on the calendar, you'll, you'll note uh, some, a couple of Mission Sundays, November the 18th, uh, and also December the 9th with President Eric Dirksen from Vanguard College. is going to be with us, and he's going to be sharing. And Eric, uh, I heard Eric give a financial report at one time at our, one of our district conferences, and it was the best financial report I had ever heard. There was no mention of money at all. It was great. He uh, No, seriously, he, he was just so passionate about... Where the college was going, and what they were doing there, and uh, just training up students and seeing students' lives changed—that uh, he just he just oozed with passion. And uh, when he when he was all finished, it was the best financial report I had never heard. So there you go. So Eric Dirksen will be here, and I'm sure he'll bring a a real uh, a strong word and encouragement that day as as well. Also coming up on the calendar, November, a canned food drive and pierogies and jam. 
It's on the 17th of, it's on a Saturday at 6.30 p.m. We are still looking for people to participate. So if you have some musical ability and you want to get involved, you want to sing a song or two or, uh, or whatever, just let me know. We'd like to get some, uh, some participation. And, of course, a free will offering will be taken for the, for the food bank. There's a conference coming up also on the same day. Um, I'll leave that with you. And uh, other than that, most everything else is on the very back of the bulletin. I'll give you a chance to read those things. And I do want to invite Penny to come. And she has a, a, an announcement, a little video, I think, as well. And so, Penny, however you want to roll that is, is great. And I'll hand the microphone to you. So how many of you know that Operation Christmas Child is 25 years old? That's crazy. And so I have a short video to show you, and then I'll discuss some more after. We want to tell a child that God loves you and He has created you. This is not you. We've been able to touch the lives of children all over the world to give them a gift and do it in Jesus' name. Through a very small thing, God is touching the world. For the rest of their lives, they remember that one. So many children in the world have no hope. And a simple box gives them that hope. From the shoebox to the greatest journey, this is the Great Commission. I watched this video many, many times over. It still gives me goosebumps. Um, so, as you know, this coming Thursday, we're having a packing party. And how many were planning on donating items? Can I just have a show of hands? Because we're really, really short on notebooks. And I have two soccer ball pumps if someone wants to bring two soccer balls. And um, toothbrush covers and soap dishes. And just little car, like car boy toys and, and like we need wow items. And I, I struggle with girls, so if you guys can be, a lot of people get beading stuff or whatever, but if you have creativity in that area, that would be great. So anyway, we want to send some really, um, a lot of these kids have never had a gift before in their whole wide lives. And some of them come to know the Lord through the gift of a shoebox, because not only do they get the shoebox, they get invited to a 12-week program and it's a discipleship program, and many turn to the Lord. Like they said, 1.2 million have accepted Christ. I think that that's crazy. And so the impact that these boxes have on their lives and even on the world is, is wonderful. So anyway, if you could connect with me after the service and just let me know what you would like to bring or take a look at the stuff that's brought in, and uh, 
then we can maybe get some boxes together on Thursday night. And Penny, is that 1.2 million, has that been since they started? 1.2 million since they started, so for 25 years, that's, that's pretty amazing. That's like, so 1.2 million. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing what love and some compassion can do. Amen? Yeah, it's amazing what love and compassion can do. So just keep that in, in mind and, and the needs that are there and keep it in your prayers as well. Thank you so much, Penny, for that announcement. We're going to ask our ushers to come at this time to, uh, to continue to worship the Lord in our giving as we give a portion back to the Lord that he's blessed us with. So let's pray together. Let's say this together. Let's stand as we do it, too. We can do that. As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, divine manifestations, anointings, giftings and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation saved and set free carrying kingdom revival thank you father that as i join my value system to yours you will shower favor blessing and increase upon me so i have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see jesus get his full reward hallelujah amen thank you so much for giving this morning You have your Bible this morning. Who's been, who has been here the last couple of weeks or so? I know we've had some folks. I know, I know we don't always get a chance to be here at the exact same time. But um, the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been looking at Jesus, and we've been just looking at some different things about him. And I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, we, we looked at... We looked at the fact that, um, you know, we oftentimes would end up creating a, a Jesus in our own image. And so we were looking at the question, who do you say that I am? And how many still think that that's a pretty important question for our generation? Who do you say that Jesus is? Because it makes a huge difference. We talked about how important that it was that we get Jesus right. Because if we don't get Jesus right, it's difficult to know who it is that we are following. It's hard to know who it is and whom we represent. And it's hard to know who it is that we're sharing with others that do not know him. Because it would be really a bad thing 
if we were sharing who Jesus was, but we were misrepresenting him. And I want to suggest, too, that we just don't uh, represent Jesus in the things that we say, but we represent Jesus in how we live as well. Just keeping that in mind. We, uh, we looked at, when we were looking at that uh, question of who do you say I am, we, we happened to wrestle, and at least I used to wrestle with, and you remember the, the, the reference to the Joan Osborne song, uh, what if God was one of us? And uh, you'll remember that I took offense to that song. And the reason I took offense to that song was because it said something of the fact, you know, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? And I took offense to that because I was thinking of Jesus primarily as being divine, deity. I wasn't thinking of Jesus so much in his humanity, and yet we found that the gospel writers, as I was making a reference to, did a, really went to quite an extent. I mean, if, we, if you know, we know the Christmas story at all, we'll know that Jesus was born. A baby in Bethlehem. And so there's a very important aspect that, it, that the teaching there is that in, in John chapter 1 that it was God who became flesh and he dwelt among us. We looked at the fact that Jesus understands us. He knows what it was like to be despised. Do you remember when we made reference to that? Jesus knew what it was like to be despised. We remember that the that the uh, gospel writers had made mention, especially in Matthew 13, verses 53 to 57, that it said when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is he not Mary's son? And because they they, they made that reference... Of Mary's son. They were basically saying, is he not the son of just a common laborer? And is he not Mary's son who was, you know, had a child that was out of wedlock? And so it was a very, very derogatory statement. We found that Jesus was Despised, And he was not only despised because of his background, but he was despised also because of the company that he kept. We remember that Matthew 11, 18 and 19, it tells us that Jesus was a friend of drunkards and gluttons, a friend of tax collectors, a friend of sinners. And it's interesting because, you know, I remember always being here or told that you're known by the company that you keep. And that you shouldn't be hanging around with people that do those things. And yet it's interesting that Jesus was despised, he was looked down upon because of the company that he kept. That he was a friend of tax collectors and of sinners. Last week we looked at the Jesus who demands something from us. We happen to notice that uh, Jesus 
Yes, he is. He's, he is a God of love. How many believe that Jesus loves us? But how many also know that Jesus demands something of us? We mentioned that last week. If you weren't here last week, we were looking at discipleship. And we were zeroing in on around Luke 9, right in that end of the chapter, especially when we were transitioning into uh, what Jesus was doing. You might say he was kind of gathering a short-term missions team. But it's an interesting thing that Jesus says in Luke 9, 23. And he makes this statement, I think it's a very heavy one. He says, if anyone would come after me, he must. And when I see the word must, I don't see an option there. It's not a choice, not a suggestion. But he must deny himself. And as we were looking at that last week, it was talking about worldly ties, earthly securities, and that we were to love him more than anything else in this world. Denying the self, taking up our cross. Wow, that sounds exciting. Because we know that the cross was an instrument of execution. That if you were someone who was carrying a cross, you were on your way to die. And yet Jesus tells his followers that if you are going to come after me, you must take up your cross, a symbol of execution. In other words, the, the gospel invites us, the good news, in, to follow Jesus as a disciple means that we are invited into the task of dying to ourselves, our selfish ambitions, our self-centeredness, and everything else that would be associated to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but I can say this. I'm glad that Jesus stepped out of heaven, out of the glories of heaven, and stepped down into our situation. Because I want you to know that it is because of the love of God has for this world is why Jesus came. It's the love for this world. You see, in the incarnation, Jesus did that. He just left the glory of heaven. He comes into this sin-cursed, sin-marred world because it's really about a rescue mission. And I'm going to say this this morning before we pray, that if we do not understand the reason why we exist, because our mission is intricately linked to Jesus' mission, Folks, the church here, Maple Street Worship Center, does not exist simply and only, exclusively, to be a place where we gather to worship. The church, of course, is God's people. But I want you to understand that when we follow Jesus as a disciple, that we are also intricately connected to the mission of God. And I want to say that it is God's mission. It's not our mission. God's mission has a church. Just like the government of Canada has the, the, the Canadian Coast Guard. Just like it has a military. Just like it has diplomats who go to other countries and they serve as ambassadors. Ambassadors. 
And just like when there's someone is missing and lost, we send out, what is it called? It's called it just evaded me just like that. We, we send out the search and rescue. I want you to know that's, 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 that's the mission, is the search and rescue. Jesus' mission. John 3.16, we know this so well, most of us do, and for those that don't, it just says this, for God so loved the world, he's talking to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, whoever trusts in him, puts their faith in him, their confidence in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. But sometimes we forget this other aspect. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to save, or to, excuse me, to seek and to save the lost. And we're going to see in a couple, three or so episodes here, that in action. And Lord, we come this morning once again, and we thank you for your word. And we just ask today, Holy Spirit, that you'll give us help. Help us to have eyes to see. Help us to have ears to hear. King of all kings, we, we just bow our hearts and our minds before you and ask that your word, your sure word of prophecy, breathe of the Holy Spirit, would find not only a lodging place within our hearts, but God, it would, it would translate it into our hands and into our feet. That it would translate into action because faith without works is dead. May it work itself into the fabric of our lives in what you have called us to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. It's sort of interesting that over and over again, and I'm just bringing up my text here this morning. If you go into Mark's Gospel, you go into Mark's Gospel chapter 5, and we talked about Mark's Gospel before as being the action gospel. Mark, it just seemed that it was one thing right after the, uh, after the other. It was Jesus was in, in action. And when you look in Matthew chapter, or excuse me, Mark chapter 5, we, what we see here is an episode of Jesus' heart of compassion toward those who were considered to be unclean. to be unclean. Verse 1, it says, And they went across the lake to a region of the Gadarenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit. Stop right there. Just remember, we, we, if we believe in angels, we've got to believe in demons. Amen? They're real too. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came to the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even a ch with a chain. For he had been out, or excuse me, for he had been chained hand and foot, but tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. I would say he was, a little something more was going on here than just going to the gym. 
No one was strong enough to subdue him. And night and day, it says, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and he would cut himself with stones. Boy, does that sound familiar even in our culture? And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his on his knees in front of him and he shouted at the top of his voice what do you want with me Jesus son of the most high God in God's name don't torture me for Jesus had said to him come out of this man you impure spirit and then Jesus asked him what is your name and he said my name is Legion he replied for we are many and he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside the demons begged jesus send us among the pigs allow us to go into them he gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs and the herd about two thousand in number rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned and those that were tending the pigs ran off and reported in the this in the town and the countryside and the people went out to see what had happened And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. I don't know about you, but I might have wanted Jesus to kind of stick around a little longer. Maybe there was more like him around. So the reason I bring that account to our, into our view this morning is because if you were a Jew hearing that story in the first century, your mind would probably tick off the boxes that would show that this was a very, very unclean situation. Think about it. The whole thing. So you've got the setting here. The setting is on the eastern side of the lake. This is in Gentile territory. The man was possessed and he was living among the tombs. And in Numbers 19, it tells us that anyone who failed to cleanse himself from contact with the dead must be cut off from Israel. What is a good Jewish man, what is a good Jewish rabbi doing in this Gentile territory among the tombs near a herd of pigs. Culturally, religiously, ritually, it's all wrong. You're breaking all the rules, Jesus. You're setting a bad example. Not if your mission is to seek and to save the lost. Not if for God so loved the world. Not just the Jewish world. Not just the Christian world. Not just those in Western nations. Not not just those who are middle class. Not just those who are privileged. No, God loves the world. He loves the world with all of its filth. 
and all of its sin and all of its hopelessness and all of its brokenness and all of its despair. Jesus loves the world. You see, that's the Jesus that we know from the Gospels. This is a Jesus whose heart is so full of compassion and so full of mercy and so full of love that he's willing to go to the extremes in his search and rescue mission. I don't know about you, but it's interesting when you read Acts that you'll discover that the early church, for the most part, were made up of Jews. And then later we were discovering how the Gentiles were coming in. And even Peter had wrestled with that. But I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad that my God loved and, and he had his target, his bullseye, on the rest of the world. Or else you and I today would be hopelessly lost. This man was bound by demons. This man was not in his right mind. This man was... Well, as it said, he, that he was clothed. He probably wasn't clothed. He wasn't in his right mind. He was taking stones and he was cutting himself. Can I tell you this morning, I think that Jesus going into this place was just a little bit inconvenient. Just a little, just a little weird. I remember when we were in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, and there was a guy by the name, I think, was it, was it Burton? I can't quite remember the name, just exactly right. But we were called when we visited that place, and I want you to know that these kinds of situations are real. there's people who are bound by demons there's people who are not in their right minds there's people who are living in this kind of situation and to go into places like that and to see people in those conditions I want you to know it's a little bit inconvenient just a little bit inconvenient and yet Jesus goes into this place and he sets this man free and I want you to know not only was this man delivered of demons, but I want you to understand that this man was able now, because of him being now clean, that he would be able to integrate back into society. I want to ask us this question this morning. Who are the unclean in our community? Who is the unclean? Are there people who are drug addicts today are there people who seem you know we talk about mental illness and I'm not saying that there aren't chemical imbalances and so on and so forth but I want you to know there are some people that probably probably that there's impure spirits active who are the unclean in our community who are the people that it would be just a little bit inconvenient for us to get involved in their lives. I want you to know that, that this is a situation that was messy. Jesus took a risk. He took a risk for people to, to say, oh, I saw that person. You'd never believe where they were. 
You'd never believe who they were hanging out with. You'd never believe who they were talking to. Jesus took a risk. If Jesus would go to a man among the tombs, bound by demons in pagan territory, surrounded by unclean pigs with the goal to set that man free, what does it mean for us today if we call ourselves followers of Jesus? How does that work out? I don't know about you, but this morning I feel that that's a pretty big challenge. It's a challenge to me. I got to silence this to keep my so I can get to my text. Luke's Luke nineteen. Luke chapter nineteen. Just turn there for a moment. We've heard this story many times. I preached about this before, and I can relate to a little bit of this guy when we. A guy by the name of Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus, the wee little man. And a wee little man was he. If you go over to the, to the, the chapter previous to Zacchaeus' account, you'll happen to remember that there was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And that rich young ruler, probably we could say that he was probably, you know, We'll, we'll put it in, 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 the, in the vernacular here, that he was probably, you know, used to, you know, going to the Sunday school. He, he knew the commandments. Comes up to Jesus, and he asks Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And after reviewing the, the commandments that he kept, Jesus laid his finger on one thing, What's interesting is Jesus always seems to be able to get to the heart of the matter. He knows the motive. He knows the heart. He gets right to the heart of the matter. And here's what he tells him. He says something to the effect that here's what you're going to do. You need need to sell your, 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 your possessions, give it to the poor, and then you come follow me. Then you'll have eternal life. And this man went away sorrowful because he had many riches. In other words, he wasn't willing to give up. I think what he was doing is he was coming to Jesus saying, Jesus, how much can I keep and still follow you and still have eternal life? And Jesus got to the very heart of the matter and he said, look, you sell everything that you have and you give to the poor and then we'll talk. And he goes away sorrowful. But on the other hand, you go into the next chapter of course, his, his disciples were really, really um, taken aback because they were like, man, who can be saved? Jesus says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven. And the reason is because the possessions had him. He didn't have the possessions. And yet over in the next chapter, we find verse 1 Chapter 19, it says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector. Now, we've made reference to this before, that he, being a chief tax collector meant that he was very wealthy. He was well-to-do. And why? Because he was gouging his countrymen. He was not only charging them what the Romans required to charge for the taxes, but he was also lining his pocketbook 
with extras from his own people. It sounds like when they want to put the carbon tax on us. Right? Just to get a little more. And it says, and he was wealthy. So in other words, he was like the rich young ruler. He had money. But at verse 3, look at this. He says, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. He said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter. He is going to be the guest of a sinner. And they put it on Facebook and Instagram. And they made their complaints. And they got on the telephone. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And here's what Jesus says. He says, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Here is a man who is despised. They hated him. And in fact, they believed that the tax collectors would have no hope of salvation. No hope at all. And yet Jesus goes to the house of what was considered a hopeless man, a despised man, And because of Zacchaeus' change of heart, his repentance, Jesus makes a declaration that today salvation has come to his house. Because he's the Jesus whose heart is for the lost. The question is, is our heart for the lost? Because if our heart is not for the lost and the despised and the unclean, then we do not have the heart of God. Jesus went to some great extents. Jesus broke some rules. They were religious rules. They were cultural rules. Why? Because it was more important to see them among the multitude from every tribe, nation, and tongue who are going to be around the throne room of God, as it says in Revelation, worshiping Him. And we're a part. Aren't you glad this morning that you're a part of that great multitude? Jesus had a heart of compassion toward the unclean and toward the despised. Why? Because Jesus has a heart for the lost. Go to John chapter 4. Go to John chapter 4 with me this morning. And this is my last passage. John chapter 4. Look at verse 1. 
It says, now Jesus, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more, than, more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judah and he went back once more to Galilee. So he went from the south into the north. Judah to Galilee. Verse 4 is really interesting. Now he he had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't. He didn't need to go through Samaria. He could have went around Samaria. He could have went around into other, in fact, I believe it was other pagan territory he could have passed through. But he chose, look what it says, I like it. Now, he had to go to or through Samaria. And so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus tried as he was from his journey, or tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water. First of all, Here's some problems so far in the story. You see, Jews and Gentiles really didn't like each other very much. There was a long history of animosity going all the way back to the time of exile. And by the time that you get into, into Christ's time, each group considered the other one to be pagan. It was forbidden for the two groups to be in contact. You think it was bad during Romeo and Juliet? Well, I'll tell you, this was not good. There was animosity between the two groups. They hated each other. Jews held the Samaritans with such disdain that they would not speak to them, they would not look at them, they would not touch them, and if you traveled through Samaria, they would brush the dust off their feet when they left the territory. This was bad relations. And yet the Bible says that Jesus had to go through Samaria. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus came my way. I'm glad that Jesus came into my territory. I'm glad that when I didn't care, Jesus did. I'm glad that he reached down to me. And he reached down to you. And so there's a little bit of the background right there. But then there's also another problem. He's at Jacob's well. So what, pastor? What do you mean he's at Jacob's well? What's the big deal? Well, Jacob's well was known for a place that guys would pick up chicks. This was a pickup spot. Jesus is at Jacob's well. That's like going to the bar or the tavern on a Saturday night. Man, Jesus, you're getting a bad reputation here. And it was about noon when a Samaritan woman came. 
this is all wrong. What is a Jewish rabbi doing in Samaria at Jacob's well with a woman alone? Are you seeing this? Are you seeing it this morning? This is like this is like the Mark account. This is like going into the pagan territory, Gentile territory, among the tombs with a demon-possessed man with a herd of pigs not too far away. It's all wrong. It's all wrong again. And I keep coming back to the statement of the why. Why was he there? Because he's the Jesus who has a heart for the lost. The answer's on the board. Amen. So he goes to that Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman comes to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now you're talking to me in Samaria at Jacob's well when the woman is there. But now you're talking to her. You broke another one. You might as well break them all. Disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? She gets it, right? She gets the problem. She gets the tension. And of course, John wants everybody to understand this, so he puts it in brackets, right, for, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. That's the Coles notes. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, I... If you knew that God asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get the... Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? Also, uh, as did also his sons and livestock. And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Can you see the picture here? Why did Jesus need to go to Samaria? Because there were Samaritans like this woman that needed living water. They needed Jesus. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. Notice the plural he's saying. As a singular woman that's standing at the well, he's talking about them. He's, talk, he's going further than that. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had, you've had five. And the man that you're now with is not your husband. Because it's like, Oh, this guy really knows something about it. He must be a prophet. You know what's interesting is that despite what Jesus knows about her and what Jesus knows about us, he's willing to stay continue the conversation despite what he knows he still loved her despite her background and I know that there's debates between scholars that might say well she was abused and that's why she had to go here and there and everywhere because of, of economic uh, survival and then others would say oh no she, she had very loose morals not the best of situation and she didn't have the best of reputation because usually women don't come alone at noon to draw water usually they would come together and yet she came alone why? because chances are other women didn't want to be with her but it's interesting that Jesus was there why? can anybody read those big block letters for me? because he is the Jesus whose heart is for the lost. 
There it is again. Hallelujah. I'm having fun up here this morning. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim, now I'm going to get in a little bit of a religious debate here. Going to, going to get uh, religious on them. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. I like what Jesus does. He, he, does, he just like, totally sidesteps the whole religious debate here. Not going to get into all that, but he, he just says, look, verse 21, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not. Here's the, here's the issue. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers their father, the Father seeks. It's not about geographic location. It's not about which mountain it is. It's about the matter of the heart. So now Jesus is stripping all these external, historical, and geographic, and religious obstacles away to recognize that now this is about me and him. It's about my heart. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him, or worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. He guess he did come, standing right there. And when he comes, he'll explain everything. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. How many would think that she probably got her socks blown off? But she didn't probably have socks to get blown off. But if she had them, I'm guessing that she would have got her socks blown off. Of course, the disciples are on their way back. Surprised that he was talking to this woman. Of course, that would be the context. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? And then leaving her water jar behind. Remember what she came for. She came to draw water, but she leaves her water jar behind. She doesn't even take it with her. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. something." But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe harvest. And I believe that if Jesus were standing here today, he would still say that we need to open our eyes. The fields are white for harvest. Why? Because he's the Jesus who has a heart for the lost. Who are the Samaritans in our community? Who are the outcasts? What was Jesus' response to the Samaritans? His response was, you need living water, I got it, and I'm willing to deliver. Amen? How many times have we heard over and over that Jesus would say, it's not the healthy who need the doctors? How many times have we seen the church point its fingers to those who are outcast? despised and unclean out of fear and anger but not out of compassion when we don't have control of what's happening in our culture right now 
because it's not getting any better. What is our response going to be? Because I want you to know, it's never worked. It's never worked for us to point our fingers. It's never worked. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him would be saved. Why? What's the motive? The motive is love. For God so loved the world. You know how you get rid of the darkness? Turn on some lights. Turn on some lights to get rid of the darkness. And I want you to know that light and truth and grace doesn't lead into condemnation. But it leads to hope. It leads to salvation. It leads to changed lives. As I've asked the worship team to come back this morning, it's interesting that Jesus made a lot of interesting statements. He said to the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, condemn you, go and sin no more. To the one who had leprosy, he said, I'm willing. To the woman that had the issue of blood, he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering." To Zacchaeus, he said, I must stay at your house today. To the woman who asked about water, he said, he said, I'll give you living water to drink. I don't know about you this morning, but I find that Jesus' response to those who needed him was a response of love, compassion, mercy, grace. It tells us the heart of God. It tells us the heart of the one whose mission is to seek and to save that which was lost. Can I ask the question this morning? Is this our mission? And if it's not, will we adopt this as our mission, as our prime directive to seek and to save that which was lost? As we stand this morning, and as we close our eyes and we just reflect for just a few moments here, I'm sure that many of us right now could think of family members who don't need condemnation, they need salvation. Co-workers who need, to, who need somebody to say that I'm going to come to your house today. Maybe with a double-double or a donut. People who are thirsty, people who are without hope right now. They need light to dispel the darkness. If it was Jesus' mission, if it was the heart of the Father to send His Son into the world out of His love for us, if it was Jesus' mission to come and to seek and to save the lost, to bring salvation, to be our deliverer, to be our Messiah, to be our Savior, to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If it's His mission, 
It's his calling. My hunch is, and you can disagree with me, my hunch is this, that is if, we, if we are endeavoring to follow Jesus, that's our mission too. That's our task too. That's our job, it's our, our vocation. And I'm thankful, and we're going to look at this next week, but I'm, or, or the week after, when we get back, we're going to look at the fact that Jesus didn't just give us a mission without the ability to do it. But he's given us the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish what he sent us to do. And this morning, my hope is that this church would take the posture and sign on the dotted line to say, Lord, I've received the benefits of your heart toward me. And I want to have the same heart that you have for those that are still lost, still broken, still in bondage, that are with hope hope in this world. They need some lights. They need you to be a light in their darkness. They need some truth, and we need to come to them with grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus is the light of the world. They need that light. They need that grace. They need that truth. Why? Because it's what brings transformation. It's what changes people's lives. It's what... Folks, we were talking this morning about our, what do we call our, was it not a valiant warrior? Our mighty warrior. So if you want to put this into a bit of a militaristic way, if you like that, guys, we need to loot the kingdom of darkness. It's time that we go in with our armor on and our swords drawn. And, we, and we, we, we lay siege to the kingdom of darkness. And we say, devil, this is it. It's over. We're coming in. We're laying claim. We're hauling them out. We're rescuing them. We're opening up the prison doors. We're going to set the captives free. And we're going to bring them into the kingdom of the beloved son so that they can no longer be captives and be prisoners and be in bondage, but they can become sons of God, co-heirs with Christ on the wind side. Sounds like a pretty exciting adventure, isn't it? A pretty exciting mission. Who would lift your hand and say, I want to be a part of that mission? Hallelujah. Mission possible. Why? Because it's God's mission. He's got a church and he's given us the power and the authority to go in and do it. Amen? That's the the target. That's the goal. That's the mission is to win, to seek, to save, to win the lost for Jesus. Because around this table this morning, I want us to know that when we partake of the table, this represents what Jesus has done for us. We get a chance to share in that fellowship. Wouldn't it be wonderful that we had if we had to put more juice out, more, more crackers out, more, you know, maybe, wouldn't it be wonderful if, if this were stacked, you know, double the size? 
And, and there was more over here. You know why? Because it would tell us that there's more people who have received living water, who've been set free. Amen? That's the mission. How many would agree that that's, that's truth? That's biblical truth. All you guys are a little weak this morning. How many of you agree that that's truth? I'm just, I'm just conveying something that's old. Nothing new. Just, just, uh, I'm just a messenger, just a reporter. I'm telling you three stories this morning, just recounting three stories to illustrate one point. That Jesus has a heart for the lost. That needs to be our heart as well. Can we sing that song? Um, oh, man. What was it? I, I totally forget now. Lion in the Lamb. Let's do that one. That's great. Yes. Let's sing that one. Lion in the Lamb. We'll get the words up on that. Stop the Lord Almighty. 
stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. He's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb who was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. And every knee will bow before Him. As the uh, worship team continues to lead us, I'm going to ask our ushers to come this morning as they hand out the emblems of, of communion. We're going to continue to worship as they do.
Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he said, For I have received of the Lord that which I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This morning I'm going to ask Sister Amanda. Is it okay if I call you sister? It doesn't make you sound like you're old, right? Amanda, would you ask God to bless this portion this morning? same manner after supper he took the cups saying this is the covenant this is cup is the covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me Ryan would you ask God to bless this portion this morning Father we thank you for sending Jesus Jesus for your sacrifice thank you for your blood thank you for the power that's in your blood that you shed for us. We thank you for that sacrifice, for that making a way. Thank you for your cleansing blood, Lord. I ask that you give us revelation of uh, how far it goes, how deep it goes, how completely you cleanse with it, how total is your power complete the authority you bought, how complete the healing you purchased with it, how far and wide and deep and high is your love shown through it, Jesus. Let's drink together. Lord, again, we just thank you for being able to share in this fellowship that we can have the benefits of the body and the blood applied to our lives. We thank you that we can share one with another. We thank you for the blood thank you that we're cleansed. We thank you that you've given us new life. May we take that life and invest it. Invest the very breath that you've given us, the very strength that you've given us, the talents, the abilities, the health. May we invest it to fulfill the calling. Lord, you have given us a search and rescue mission. May we partner, as we prayed about this morning, that we partner with Jesus to see him get his full reward. And how awesome it will be one day 
to be counted and to be worshiping with brothers and sisters around the world that we may not even know because we gave to fund a missionary. That we supported a Bible college that sent out missionaries and leaders and we don't even know whose lives are going to touch. But Lord, we thank you that by extension we can be part of that. But right where we are, Lord, may we be May we represent you well, Lord, here to our coworkers, our our fellow students if we're in school, to our family members, to those who we meet at Tim Hortons or No Frills or Walmart or wherever we may go. That God, that you will help us recognize this mission that you've called us to. And may, Lord, we take up the calling and to be faithful. And may we see the fruit of the labor. May we see the harvest. May we see that it is white. May we see that it's ready to be reaped. And so, God, I pray this morning that we'll embrace this. And we'll do it. Knowing that you go before us, you surround us, you promise your disciples, your your 12, you said that you'd be with them to the very end of the age as they would commit their lives to making disciples of Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord. And so this morning, as we dismiss, as we ask your blessing as we go, and safety on the roads, as I'm sure there's still some freezing rain, but God, as we go, as we interact with people through this week, Help us to be light in their darkness. Help us to bring truth in the midst of the deceptive lies that they hear. May they receive grace. May they know the love of God tangibly. Help us as your servants, as your ambassadors, as your diplomats, as your warriors, (laughs) as your rescuers to go and to seek and to save that which is lost. In Jesus' name, and everyone together said...